crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, a.k.a. George Clooney, is in the building. And we've got Andrew Cashflow, a.k.a. the Cashflow King, joining us. So I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how crypto wasn't built to take down the U.S. dollar, but instead enhance the product. We're going to be listening to a video from the U.S. Comptroller of Currencies, Brian Brooks, explaining how companies like Ripple are beneficial for the USA. We're also going to talk about how regulation is creating the crypto market that we're witnessing today, as a friendly United States regulation could open up the floodgates for many of our favorite financial firms. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, as you saw, we got some very exciting news for today, but specifically the debate about Bitcoin and Ripple enhancing the U.S. dollar. That's going to get people excited. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there and to Andrew and and uh, Super G out there. Great to see you guys. Yeah, it was an exciting weekend and I'm happy to hop into it. Can't wait to get into some of this uh Interesting news. I know people are excited about Bitcoin, man. It's been pumping. It's a humping and pumping. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say it must be sunny in Connecticut. The sleeves are off and the sun, <laughs> the guns are out, my friend. But we already got 180 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for tuning in. Today is going to be a unique episode, Gonzo, because we're going to talk about how crypto is enhancing the U.S. dollar. But we're also going to talk about how Bitcoin might be the greatest distraction in the crypto market today because tokenized assets are going to take the world by storm and many of our favorite projects just have to profit. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Uh, I'm feeling outstanding, man. I had a really good weekend. Uh, yeah, you know, Bitcoin broke 42,000 and it was crazy. As soon as it hit 42, um, look at all the charts, huge scam wicks. Anyone that had like positions open, they didn't have a stop loss, very important to use a stop loss got liquidated it was like this wild thing where as soon as it broke 42 all the altcoins just pulled back huge scam wake if you see xrp peeled all the way back to like 57 cents 56 cents and then came right back up no surprise there andrew if we've been in the xrp army for a while we know positive headlines do not correspond to positive price movements but in the end we win my friend first of all how are you feeling my friend thanks for being here Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, my friends here uh, uh, from a cold freeze in the Netherlands. So I have two sweaters here. It's, it's really cold. But uh, what is not cold is the crypto market and also the crypto related stock market. Last week, I made 50%, 50% with my investment in Coinbase. And that is, that is the seventh time in a row because Coinbase is going up and down and up and down. And, you know, smart investor course, have a strategy, and it, it works always. So it, it, yeah, you know, I'm very excited about the crypto market, but also about the stock market. So uh, let's have a fantastic show today. Absolutely, guys. And check out the Smart Investor Coach. That is located within the 3T Warrior Academy, and it's hosted by Andrew. So check it out, guys. But we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do, by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates 
all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers today, it is green bubbles across the board, like Castillo just explained. We've got Shiba Inu up 6%, VeChain up 4%, Ethereum up 3%, and Cardano up about 3% on the day. When we look at our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.43 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is sitting at 41,300. Ethereum is $2,215. We also got XRP sitting at 61 cents. And Gonzo, he highlighted this before the show or in the beginning of the episode, the scam wick that it really speaks for itself here, Johnny, that came in when Bitcoin hit 42,000. XRP was trending a certain direction. And then a wave of liquidity came in and knocked this project down back to 61 cents, but that's okay, guys, because we are trending in the right direction. And we already got 220 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode. We're going to start this with the debate of all debates in the crypto market. Does crypto need friendly regulation? Our show believes it, but this man, he outlines exactly why friendly crypto US regulation could change everything. Proof of work doesn't work. Uh, proof of work doesn't work. Oh, Brian, widely... Brian, proof of, oh, work's going finish. Finish. Proof of finish. work doesn't work. Finish, please. And in the early days of Bitcoin, there was a whole group of developers that broke off to create other assets, XRP being one of them, that doesn't use mining, that's cheaper from an energy perspective than Visa, and already scales to 1,500 transactions a second. A lot of these problems have already been solved. The challenge for adoption comes back to policy. The, the policy uncertainty around some of the assets has limited adoption, particularly here in the US. And I'm speaking from Ripple and XRP because we use that, that asset because it's a half a cent per payment. It's basically free. It's, uh, it scales and it's efficient to 1,500 transactions a second at, no at nearly no energy burn. So we're at a point today where there are real solutions to all of these challenges that already exist. Policy has become the challenge. And we heard on the first panel that around uh, centralization on China, and this is going to be a hard pill for Peter to swallow. But 80% of the mining power for Bitcoin is controlled by six mining pools, five of which are in China. Today, the policy certainty in the U.S. exists for Bitcoin and Ethereum, despite the fact those are China-controlled platforms. So activity goes to those platforms. What we need to do from a, from a policy perspective in the U.S. is look at the places where there are uncertainty. And when we, one place I'm speaking directly for me here is XRP, where it looks like Bitcoin. It's decentralized. It's open source. We have a small with 7% of the validation power on that, rather small in there. Grouping or giving clarity to those ones that are, are very similar to Bitcoin and Ethereum that have the same characteristics and should be classified the same way. And then we're creating a level playing field across all the cryptos. I'm not anti-Bitcoin or anti-Ethereum by any means. I think there's a lot of great potential and breakthrough there. But we need to have a level playing field so the market can pick which ones they want to use and not be to, as to... You're on mute, brother. Oh, we cannot hear you. I'm so sorry about that. It's the new Wi-Fi protocol. But we got 293 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And what stuck out to me in that video, Johnny, is one thing that's very, very clear. United States regulation will open up the floodgates, not only for American investors, but American financial firms. And what this man just said is what's happening before our eyes. We are seeing companies not only migrate outside of the United States to build their crypto firms, but they're getting into assets that are dominated by Chinese or Asian or UAE controlled companies, Ethereum, Bitcoin, 
He broke down the stats, and those are from 2018. But what we know about Ripple is that is an American company run by American tech investors. That's a little bit bullish as an American. But what did you take away from that clip? And we'll kick it to Gonzo. Well, I mean, there's a lot of truth there that, you know, a lot of the, the Bitcoin mining is controlled a good chunk of it by just a few miners in China. That's a big problem. Uh, you've got China, who's been anti-crypto, which is interesting, been shutting down and messing with crypto, messing with Bitcoin. So you can see the potential risks there with proof of proof of work and being controlled by just too few of people. Um, and, you know, certainly th there's a absolute truth to the fact that you've got a lot of people running out of the U.S. crypto companies. I mean, when I say people that are, are not innovating and starting here because of the fact that the laws and regulations have been very tough. The SEC has cracked down on anybody and everything. You can't even say the word crypto in the U.S. It's a bad word. Try to advertise something on the Internet with crypto. Try to go to a bank and get an account. You can't. It's still a bad word. Um, so the, the, the reality is things need to change in here. Now, I agree with him that you put the technologies out there and you let the market decide. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the end anyway, is the, the companies are not are not stupid and they're usually risk averse apps they're going to test these technologies and they're going to look at the risks and they're going to look at where these things are operating and you know and what what the potential downfalls are are of them if you know if something's run in china or something's run here there's a bunch of risks no matter where they are and they're going to assess all that and then they're going to pick the best technology that's how it works gonzo floor is yours my friend but i want to remind our listeners look at what happened back in 2017 during the bull market these are the tokens i want you to note which tokens are not on this list? But in 2017, a list of the best performing assets, XRP came in at number one, going up 36,000% in a single year in 2017. As we can see, number four is also Stellar, which did a 14,000% game on that time. Ethereum did 9,000% and Litecoin did 5,000%. Bitcoin obviously didn't even break the top 10 here. But the question I'm asking is, will Bitcoin rewrite the script or are new stars ready to shine in the crypto market? I think that altcoins are going to perform extremely well in 2025, even better than they did this previous bull run. But Gonzo, residing back to that clip, what stuck out to you? Yeah, so he's not wrong. I don't agree with anything he said. He's not wrong as far as the regulation. We need regulation. Um, and like Johnny was saying, so that the market decide what the best tech is. Um, I think it could be an older video because he's comparing Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I think it's pre-merge because obviously Ethereum is now proof of stake. It's no longer proof of work. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is that, you know, don't sleep on proof of work. Uh, one of the narratives going to the next bull run is going to be proof of work because they've redone the tech, right? CASPA has absolutely crushed it. And that's because it's combined proof of work with DAG technology, right? And so it doesn't scale linear, it scales diagonally. Same thing with BitTensor, right? It's proof of work like Bitcoin, 21 million cap supply, but it uses AI to scale, right? And so that's a good graph, Abs, because you, you can see that the projects that were your top 10, top 15 are not going to be your top 10, top 15 in this next cycle, right? You're going to get your Bitcoin, you're going to get your Ethereum, XRP, we'll see how XLM falls into that, right? But then you're going to get these other projects that have bigger gains, right? Some of these new projects have already been ripping. We just don't know the staying power of these new projects. But it always gets reshuffled as we go through these cycles. 
Andrew, we've got a ton of exciting content to get into all throughout today's episode. And the next thing we're going to play is a video from Brian Brooks explaining how XRP enhances the U.S. dollar. But I want to know what stuck out to you, not only in that video, but from the statistics I just showed on screen. Back in 2017, XRP gained 36,000%. That is unbelievable. That means every dollar that somebody invested was worth $3,600 by the end of the year. That's pretty remarkable, Andrew. But what stuck out to you from the clip and what are your thoughts on those gains? Yeah, there are two things from the clip. What actually what you see, and I think he, he said it a little bit between the lines. What we like to see a competition between Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP. I mean, uh, uh, we can uh, we can have uh, tokenization on, on on Ethereum on XRP. Uh, we also have stacks coming up and and developing also uh, smart contracts on, uh, on on the Bitcoin blockchain. So there is really happening something. And what also on, on the statistic list that you just gave me is what I see there is all pretty well-known uh, crypto coins. And in the only one that is not yeah, not so existing anymore is Ardor. Uh, maybe it still exists, but I, 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 don't, I don't know it. But what you see here, these, these are really the winners of 2017. And what's important to understand, they are still there. They didn't die. And so I, we, we, what we can expect is new winners in the coming bullrun. However, I will say, you know, if you want to be a little bit a safe investor and you say, okay, I want to divide my money into two portions, a safe, safe uh, crypto assets. Actually, that's the list we just saw. And, you know, you want to do also invest in the more speculative stuff. And then you have some others, but. You know, it's very uh, remarkable that all these coins are still existing, which is six years. And that means they have really a basis to survive and to, to, to become a major crypto in the future. Andrew, this is what's so exciting. Not only have I never said this before on the show, I'm going to say it again for today's episode. This could be the best episode of Good Morning Crypto ever for specifically the information that we're going to provide. And we started off on a very strong note. We're going to explain how crypto was built to enhance the U.S. dollar. But before we get into it, Johnny, I'd love to get some of your comments on what we showed our listeners right here. As in 2017, many of our favorite assets did a 5,000, a 9,000, a 36,000% gain. We already heard from Andrew and we heard from Gonzo about the realistic takes. The question that I have for you is, are these days behind us or are we going to see top performing tokens doing massive gains during the next bull run? No, you're not going to see coins that did 36,000 gains do another 36,000 gain. People are expecting that. I mean, that's just, in my mind, that's lunacy. I don't think that's going to happen. Also, I don't know if this is going to be our best episode ever, because if you if you read Friday's comments, everybody seemed to love Gary Cardone's episode this Friday. That seemed to be our best episode, according to the fans. That is, that is not one for the record. I meant today's going to be a great show. Yeah, I, I, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. But uh, nonetheless, um, no, I think assuming that coins that already made a big move are going to make another similar big move like those types of percentages. I don't think anybody in this chat is, is, uh, you know, I think everybody in this chat gets it. They're not, they're not expecting 36,000 gains percent gains on an XRP. In fact, this chat, I think everybody's just happy with the 50% or hundred percent at this point. Everybody wants to see XRP you you to would have top. to get really DJ abs. You'd have to get really smart market caps way down the risk curve to get those kind of rewards. And it's high risk, right? Very, very, very high risk. And then very, very high rewards because you don't know which of the pubs going to do it. So small market caps that run in a narrative can run similar to that, but it's so risky. You know, a lot, a lot of people that 
that watch our show are more of like kind of responsible investors and, and, and try to stay to the top projects, right? Less ROI though. But with that said, don't get me wrong. There are a lot. And I think especially in the gaming sector where you are going to see, you know, potential gains, you know, 10, you know, maybe a thousand percent or 1300%. In fact, we've already seen that in playable and some of them, they're already up 1300%. So, but I think there are, I think that is the space where you're going to see. Some Let me ask you something. Cause I love, I love where you went. I, guys, me and Johnny crypto, we spent so much time together. I know what he's going to say before he even says it. And the reason I asked you that question is because I think that we're going to the next phase for the crypto market. We are going to describe how big companies are going to begin custodying crypto assets. And that could lead to many of the massive gains that we experienced in the past. Now, 36,000%, I'm not going to put that out there. But what I will say is if XRP is 60 cents today, I don't think it's going to be 60 cents in 2025, my friends, but I'm going to let our listeners speculate. And we got 435 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Monday. Johnny Crypto, let's get into the exciting content because believe it or not, we are yet to break down the most important information of today. And this is where we're going to be starting, guys, as a must-watch video came out of Brian Brooks, who is the managing partner at Valor Capital Group and the former comptroller of currency under the Trump administration. He is shedding light on Ripple and XRP, enhancing U.S. dollar capabilities. And he's reminding everyone, crypto, it's not built to take down the dollar. It's built to its value. Guys, with that being said, here we go. Here's Brian Brooks. Is, you know, the, the biggest issue that I always try and focus on is cryptocurrencies are really not about currency. And, and the biggest misunderstanding of this whole discussion is the belief that if crypto is not doing a great job of replacing the U.S. dollar, uh, then crypto is failing in its mission. And what I, what I think we'll talk about a little bit today is the idea that most of crypto is about replacing the centralized banking system with networks that allow user control versus bank CEO control. The crypto assets that have prices are more like internet stocks. It's more like you bet on Google if you think there's going to be high internet traffic and you short Google if you think people are going to go back to the post office, right? But it's not that Ethereum or Ripple or anything else is trying to replace the U.S. dollar. It's trying to replace a system of transmitting value. And we'll talk a lot more about that. So for me, the prices are not that relevant any more than Google's volatility is. So he said a, a couple of brilliant things there, Johnny Crypto. Number one, he talked about the fact that the dollar, it needs crypto. It needs to enhance its capabilities, instant settlement. Everybody's on the Internet anyways. But what, what stuck out to you before I give my take? Actually, I don't want to steal the floor. What caught your attention? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was what he talked about was we've been saying all the time. We're talking about the rails of a system. When you think crypto, think blockchain. You think the back end. You know, you think of how, how, what, what makes your phone work? What makes your email work? Those kind. Of, that's what he's talking about. We talk about that all the time on the show. A lot of these things aren't going to be. There'll be products that are going to be forward facing. Don't get me wrong. But the underlying technologies of what some of these cryptos are trying to do, he's right. It's not to replace the dollar. It's to facilitate transactions of currency, whether it's dollars or yuan or pesos or whatever the hell you want you want to use. The point is that money should not be so difficult to transfer around in 2023 when anything else I could send, I could send email or a text to Andrew in, in, in a hundred milliseconds in the Netherlands, but I can't send him money for seven days. Okay. So that's what we're getting at. We're working on solving that problem. And that's a big problem because in the past to handle currency banks wanted money on either side. 
<laughs> and trust each other. So it's like, hey, you're going to send me money. I'm going to trust somebody, but I need to have money, right? And so that's why it's a problem. And these solutions now, finally, we're at a point where I think these blockchain solutions can potentially solve the Nostra Vostra accounts and things like that. One more question for you because I want to kick it to Gonzo and Andrew. Think about this. What did he say? Buying the underlying blockchain is like buying an early internet stock. If you think more people are going to flood into the network, your stock or your cryptocurrency is set to profit off of that growth. I love that comparison for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know the SEC is lurking in the waters there. They probably don't like that analogy. No, no. But, but I'd like to hear your thought. What do you think about that? That's very positive, right? The fact that he's corresponding a crypto token to access to like a Google or an Amazon stock. More people who use the network, more value goes into the token. Yeah, his analogy is right, but I'm afraid of his analogy. He shouldn't have said it that way because it's misleading because people are already confused because when you buy a stock, you own the company. You buy a stock share Apple, you own Apple. You buy a stock share Google, you own Google. Google's up, stock goes up, right? This is a little different. You buy XRP, you don't own Ripple. And I'm afraid that people are going to take that analogy that he made and they're going to say, oh, I'm going to go buy XRP because then I'm going to own Ripple. That's what's going to happen from the comments like that and or could. And so the point is that is something just to understand. That's not, that's not how it works. Let me give you an example. Ripple is playing in custody tokenization, cross-border payment, right? All those different areas. One of those may take off for them. Let's say it's custody. And so they make a big business on custody and the stock of Ripple goes up. But if that custody solution they come up with doesn't use XRP, XRP may not move. So they're not tied together. And I don't, so I don't like the analogy he made because I think, I think it's going to confuse people. I wish he didn't say that, but I understand why he said it. I, I get what he was trying to say. But it's not entirely connected like that the way way stocks would be. Does that make sense? It definitely does. Andrew, what did you take away from that clip? I want to remind our listeners, that's an older clip. I believe it's from 2020 or 2021. So it's not perfectly up to date. But I thought what he was describing is more relevant today than it even was back then. So, Andrew, I'd like to get your thoughts and we'll kick it to Gonzo. Yeah, you know, it, it's all about the utility. It's all, all about the more uh, utility demand there is, the, 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 and preferably with a scarce token, the price, the price will go up. So, and I think that's also, of course, with stocks. If there is a limited amount of stocks in the market, yeah, you know, and 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 the demand for that stock is going up. Also, the price of the company goes up, you know. And of course, the intrinsic value. But there, you know, for crypto, yeah, there is no intrinsic value. There is only uh, utility value. So, I, I also understand the, the the comparison. It is it is different. But on the other hand, who cares, you know? Just have your strategy, have your strategy in place and play the game as it is. And, and we, we cannot change the rules. You know, we can only see it go up and down. And there are only three things that you can do. Buy, sell or do nothing. And at this moment, I think do nothing or yeah, a little bit buy or however it's coming up now. So make, make your plan, make your strategy and, uh, and, and make, make sure you have your Merlin exit plan. And then uh, it is, uh, yeah, you're ready to go. Absolutely. And Gonzo, I want to remind our listeners, we got 475 people here. For anybody who's just joining the show, Bitcoin is above $41,000 this morning. We also have Ethereum above 2200 So there's a lot of exciting momentum going on. The next clip that we're going to break down, Gonzo, is a clip of Hester Pierce criticizing her own agency, describing how Congress told her they, not be the pri they may not be the primary regulator of crypto in the USA, that is so strong coming out of a current SEC commissioner. But I'd love to hear what stuck, stuck out to you from the Brian Brooks clip. 
Yeah, I mean, I understand the analogy. You know, what we're talking about is a system that is archaic, that is full of friction, right? And so they all go about it a different way, but it's calling causing a frictionless system so that value can move seamlessly, right? Just like the evolution of the internet where we get information flow now, right? Where we started off where you could just, you know, read something only and then you can post something and then now we have video and it's evolved, right? And now we're able to talk to, you know, um, and be on the show with Andrew in the Netherlands and I'm in California and you guys are, you know, Johnny's in Connecticut and stuff. It's the same thing. The system's being revamped so that money or value can move seamlessly. Um, and, and that's really what we're talking about here. Depending on the technology, it just does it in a different way. Absolutely, Gonzo. And this is some pretty cool information. This person commented, my son's seventh grade homework used Stellar as a currency. So that's pretty cool. And I think that just goes to show the kids are being programmed, my friends. So be ready for this next bull run. And Gonzo, the thing that we're going to break down in this next article is Hester Pierce criticizing her own agency for their no rhyme or reason U.S. enforcement actions. But we're going to start with a clip that just came out last week as Hester Pierce is describing how Congress is letting her agency know they may not be the primary regulators of inside the USA. We're going to break it down. Here we go. Congress has expressed a clear interest in, in stepping into this space and has suggested that maybe the SEC will not be the primary regulator for much of this stuff. And so it's a little bit harder to do now. Um, but I think whatever we do or Congress does, the point should be, let's bear in mind what the objective is, which is to make sure there's enough information out there for people to make decisions about what they want to do, but also to preserve the ability of people to innovate and think about how to do things in new ways, not to try to force everything that's happening in the crypto world into the traditional finance mold, which is not necessarily the best mold for all of these things. So I hope that um, we'll turn over a new leaf. So Johnny, she said, she said a couple of important things there, but I like the ending where she says, I hope we're going to turn over a new leaf and take a fresh start at crypto regulation inside the USA. That clip's way more important having played what we started the show up, off with. That unfriendly regulation is pushing people into Chinese-controlled currencies, UAE-controlled currencies, and currencies that are outside of the United States. So Hester Pierce, as the SEC commissioner, her job is to allow profitable, compliant companies to thrive in the USA, regardless of the industry. With that being said, Johnny, floor is yours. Yeah, except she was also part of the <laughs> lawsuits too and helping to slap out these other lawsuits in crypto the past two years during Operation Chokepoint. So it's kind of hard to say where she really stands. I, I don't I don't really know anymore. I mean, I heard she's losing her title crypto mom or or people. But anyway, the reality is she's right about the fact that yes, I hope there is a new leaf turned and we know we know where that new leaf starts. Congress. Congress has to turn over the leaf. We know there's a lot of talk. A lot of them flapping their gums, talking about bringing something, you know, into the into this space that something's coming. And so let's hope we get there. But there is, you know, it, it's the battle of you see a lot of lobbyists right now, a lot of money, a lot of stuff happening on both sides, both pro and anti crypto. And we need we need to see where that's going to play out, what kind of regulation we end up with, because, listen, there's also such thing as bad regulation. So we got to be we want to make sure. That when we get this regulation, it comes out as good regulation and regulation that helps promote innovation in the U.S. Because Andrew said it earlier, it's all about adoption. And if you want adoption, you want utility. Well, innovation usually starts with, unfortunately, regulation in this particular case.
Guys, we got over 500 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And believe me, I am saving the most important video for the end of today's episode because there is a $1.5 trillion asset manager that is already leveraging XLM and the Stellar Network for tokenized assets. So I'm really excited to break that down, Gonzo. But what stuck out to you about Hester Pierce statements and the fact that if we don't have friendly crypto uh, regulation in the USA, that money is going to land somewhere else. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to is Krongus finally stepping in. You know, we have those two bills that um, they argued over that still need to get voted on in the House so it can move on to the Senate. But really, that's what we need. And, and, and I wouldn't be, she's right. Like, when, when we look at these things, they're technologies. And they really, unless they're packaged, like, um, let's say an ETF or something like that, then the SEC really has no business regulating them because they are a technology and they move more like a commodity, right? But but they're able to morph, right? Like they're almost like water. They can be a security commodity. They can be a lot of different things. They can be technology. And so that's really why we need guidelines for Congress so that, you know, as the SEC isn't doing what it's been doing, which is picking winners and losers. And then that's causing these companies to go offshore and to go where they're treated better, right? We're seeing this thing this mass exodus to like places like the UK, Singapore has been always very crypto friendly. Hong Kong made its pitch, right? I think that was at the beginning of the year that all of a sudden kind of changed their stance. And so I think we're going to keep seeing that unless Congress finally gets their shit together. Andrew Castle, I'm going to give you the floor and then we're going to continue describing how tokenized assets are a bigger opportunity than Bitcoin and other currencies. Yeah, just a small remark about Hester. And what I'm thinking then is, What's Gary Gensler thinking at the moment? I mean, he was beaten down so much already the last two years. I'm, 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 I, you can't imagine that this stand, this guy can still stand up. And then this criticism yeah, from, from Hester. Uh, I mean, Gary should come also with a statement. What, what to do next? And, and so I think there is a lot of stuff boiling underwater currently that, that, that is not allowed to come out yet. And sometimes you see little spikes like Hester is currently doing. See how the public reacts. It's all influencing. And what, what we see here is at least an, a move in the, into the direction of adoption and, and a, bro, yeah, a broader, uh, broader use of, uh, of XRP and, and, and uh, regulation. So I think that's, that's a good, uh, good direction. And Johnny, one of the things I've noticed about Stellar is that they're able to meet with American regulators and not walk out with a lawsuit. That's something we talked about for a long time. And you've accredited that to the Teflon Don himself, Jed McCaleb. But I think there's deeper rabbit holes that we can go down. I do think Jed McCaleb is a huge factor, but it's relationships like these that may even be more important, guys. And we got 515 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is the portion of the episode everyone has been waiting for. As investment giant Franklin Templeton's CEO holds Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other tokens in her portfolio, well, that's what we're going to be breaking down here. As within this article, she exposed that she holds Bitcoin, Ethereum, Uniswap, and Sushi within her portfolio, but overall, they're pretty small investments. Now, that doesn't really matter to our listeners, does it? Here's the important information. When we scroll down to the bottom of this article, she talks about exposure to Bitcoin for wealthy investors. Well, what does this last line say right here? Franklin Templeton, which has around $1.5 trillion in assets under management, offers an on-chain U.S. government money market fund, which is supported on Stellar and Ethereum's Layer 2 blockchain, Polygon. So we are seeing many of the big players be connected to the biggest traditional asset managers in the market. And we do have a video that we're going to show you right now. This is Franklin Templeton, the $1.5 trillion asset manager 
handpicked Stellar for tokenization. And here's the most exciting part, Johnny. They didn't even go to the organization. They saw the protocols. They saw how the blockchain is run. And they immediately went to the SEC to file for the opportunity to produce tokenized assets. And guys, that's exactly what we're going to be breaking down right now. And with that being said, here we go. That's traded on Stellar, I believe, are more than every other platform combined right now because the partnership that you have with Franklin Templeton. So yay, let's do that. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty remarkable. I mean, and the funny thing about the Franklin Templeton partnership is that it actually started kind of without our knowledge because Franklin went to the SEC before even talking to us and they actually started their approval process back in like 2019, early 2020. And we found out about it because we saw an SEC filing. And then after that, of course, we started working with Franklin Templeton. But I just checked right before we came on, and they're just under $300 million in terms of the volume that they have with Benji, which is their asset. Money market fund on Stellar. Habs, I think you're on mute, buddy. Once yeah, again, my bad. Here's rookie, the thing. Well, you it's could, Rookie actually, Monday. You couldn't hear Monday. Hold up. <laughs> Gonzo goes, we could barely hear you. You actually couldn't hear me at all. But we got 560. That's correct. We couldn't hear you at all. Uh, we're only teasing. But here's the thing. Here's what really caught my attention. Franklin Templeton has already tokenized $300 million worth of assets, and they're using the platform that Stellar provides. That's just one of the details that stuck out to me. But I want to hear from the, mem- the members of the group. Let's start with Johnny and go to Gonzo. Well, I mean, this is the benefit of these open source technologies is these companies can adopt them. They can leverage them. They can use them. They can try them in to, without the knowledge of the company themselves, right? And that's where, and, and that, that's exactly the perfect example of how the company is not connected in this particular case to the technology or the shares of the stock, right? But if people, companies start adopting that technology, you know, what she talked, what did she keep saying? She kept talking about the value of the volume or the volume transactions or trade. And what did we tell you on this show? We told you that what's going to drive the price of these coins is going to be the daily trade volume. That's why she's talking about trade volume. That's why she cares because the trade volume is going to ultimately decide the market cap. Market cap is going to decide the actual price of the coin and you know how high it's going to go up. So uh, that's right. Get your shit together. Hey, hey, that's warranted. I agree. That's warranted. But nonetheless, the reality. Hey, listen, we try to bring our A game. Not everybody always brings the A game. You know, every once in a while, you're allowed to. A bad day, obviously. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a bad day. I feel like I'm getting a hard time this morning, guys. But I want to hear from the live chat. We already got 535 people here. Are you interested in this content? Do you agree with what she's saying here? Does Stellar have an advantage? Let us know in the live chat. But Gonzo, what stuck out to you from this clip? Look, I've gone down the uh, um, real world assets kind of rabbit hole. And, you know, the the more I, I, I study it and the more I look at it, you know, definitely it is going to be a strong narrative in the bull run. But I still haven't made the determination yet. Is it just going to be a narrative and then next cycle will have, you know, like a different narrative or is it something that's going to have staying power? Right. Because while we have these test nets, we have these partnerships, we have the technology being used. I'm still trying to figure out, like, are we still a few years away from the like utility phase of it, you know what I mean? And so, and what does that look like? Are they gonna be on a private chain? Are they gonna be on a public chain? You know, how is that gonna correlate to, to, to price action, right? Because like what Johnny's saying, transaction volume usually correlates to price action number go up, right? And, and so definitely it is a very, very strong narrative, but I, I'm still like on the fence if it's just going to be a narrative 
or is there actual staying power there? Absolutely, Gonzo. And Cashflow, I'm going to kick it to you as well. Franklin Templeton owns $1.5 trillion in assets under management. We talk about the companies that control the world. That's the real thing. And Node Army, this is the real me. I'm not sure what you're talking about. You keep saying, bring back the real labs. I don't know what you want me to do here, my guy. But Andrew Cashflow, the floor is yours. I think he means the one that doesn't keep muting himself. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there is so much money in the world. Yeah, also the Franklin Templeton, but also BlackRock and other major players. We don't even have a clue what, what they are doing. But if I see this, this kind of signals, also with Stellar, and I'm also, also a little bit wondered with Stellar. I mean, Stellar is more or less the little brother from, uh, from XRP. And, and still they are moving on and they're going. And, you know, you, you actually you always hear positive news about XLM. So it's, it's weird, but they are doing a very good job. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I also invested in, uh, in XLM. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, to, to get this more exposure. And also this kind of news yeah, brings more, uh, more utility. And uh, I like it. Yes. I like it too, Andrew. The next thing that's going to happen is will the price action follow? And that's what we're going to break down throughout today's episode. But Johnny Crypto, we got 542 beautiful people staring at you right now. Show us some love. Sass that like button. I love every single one of our listeners. This is a really fun episode for me because I think what we're describing and what we're actually explaining, Johnny, is the next phase of the crypto market from speculation into utility, from Bitcoin maximalism into assets that are actually solving problems and not just a store of value. That's what this next video is breaking down. So this is the CEO of Franklin Templeton, the company that we just talked about for about five minutes. What she says in this video is shocking. She says that Bitcoin is the greatest distraction from the real money that's going to be made in this market. And that will come through tokenized assets on blockchains. We already got 550 people here. Be sure to smash that like button so as many people can see this as possible. Said, here's the CEO discussing how Bitcoin is the greatest distraction in the crypto market. Bitcoin is the greatest distraction from the greatest disruption that is coming to financial services. Um, I think AI is probably the other big disruption there. But um, and, and there's so much noise around a lot of things like FTX and others. But if you if you bring the technology down to its its core value, it does three things. One is it um, it allows a payment mechanism. Number two, it allows smart contracts to be programmed into the token. And three, because it's a general ledger, it has a source of truth. So whoever has that token, all rights in that token. Are, are granted to that person. So if I sell it to Frank, I don't have to go through a third party to do it. Frank gets all the rights. So my favorite example is Rihanna, who uh, came out with, right before the Super Bowl, She and I know she's just testing the market in this, 300 NFTs, each one worth 0.00033% royalties of one of her biggest songs. Well, why can she do that? She can do it because when Spotify plays a Rihanna song, it can capture the smart contract executes and says, I owe royalties here. And so nobody has to be involved in it. And it can take the fractional payment and go to, because Frank's a big Rihanna fan, so it goes to his account. And he, he owns a couple of those. <laughs> uh, and, and he's paid, right? So now think about any way in which. Johnny, I know you're excited because you're a big Rihanna fan as well. And you heard about the opportunity. <laughs> they are fractionalizing some of the profits that are made from these albums. 
Now, I do want to say something. I looked into the stats. The, the investment doesn't really, it's not really worth the reward at the time. Like you're getting 0. 0.0009 of a cent every time someone listens to the song. So you're going to need like a billion listens to make $20 here. But the concept is great. The fact that people like Johnny Crypto can say, oh, I love Justin Bieber. I'm going to buy his latest hit and I'm going to get a piece of the money every, or Bon Jovi, whoever you listen to. Justin Bieber. Van Halen. Let's go with Van Halen. All right. Van Halen. Let's go to the real Van Halen in their 85th year as That's almost right. closer to dust than they are humans. They drop a new album and Johnny Crypto wants a portion of that. The opportunity is there now, guys. And I think. That's what's really important about that clip. But putting the Bitcoin distraction narrative to the side, we'll come back to it at the end. What do you think about her concept? Oh, I mean, she nailed it beautifully. She described exactly why I'm excited about this space. She she, she literally told you. So again, we keep talking about the back end, right? What she described was all functionality on the back end. Rihanna releases an NFT. Somebody plays a song on the radio, Spotify, whatever. Spotify goes to the contract. So, so I got to pay you. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff happens in the background that nobody gives a shit about, except when they look at their phone and they see their NFT, their Rihanna NFT or whatever the hell they bought. They say, oh, I got 0.009 cents just credited to my account. Somebody must have just listened to the song. That's what we're talking about. That is the, the web 3.0 evolution that's coming that's going to make things you know, transform this space into something behind the scenes, so much more efficient, so much better. And she did this. She used the same word that our good friend, when is Yusko coming back up? Mark Yusko used, right? She said the truth. We're moving from the trust network to the truth network. And it's all automated. They love it because, man, think of all those backend costs, all those things that they don't have to do now. It's just automatically done in the background. That's why I keep telling you, Abs, these solutions are cheaper, better, and faster. And that's where we're headed. It's, she, she nailed it, summarized it perfectly. And by the way, I'm not a Rihanna fan or Justin Bieber fan. Hey, right. listen, I got no I'm shame. Van Halen. I'm I got 80s. no shame. I like Rihanna. I like Justin Bieber. Come at me if you want, but that's mainstream music, baby. Right, and we got 566 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And no, you're not going to see me in the gym listening to Justin Bieber. But if he that comes on, I'm not going to complain. Gonzo. Onto some serious content. We just played a really important video because what she's describing is the next level of crypto utility. People like us getting access to passive income based on the profits of real things, real games, real music, real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Entertainment purposes. This is really exciting for the whole industry, but what stuck out to you? And we'll go to Andrew. Yeah. You know, it's, it's smart contracts, right? What's the biggest smart contract platform? You know, people always want to like talk shit about Ethereum or sleep on Ethereum, but you can see. It's recently woken up, and I'm telling you that narrative is going to jump in as soon as that spot ETF gets approved for Bitcoin. That's the next narrative that's coming, right? But like, that's why we love crypto gaming so much because the technology mm -hmm. just fits so well, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you got projects like IMX that have just been crushing it, mm -hmm. right? And then you're going to get some of the other ones that come in. Solana's gaming ecosystem because it's all on one chain, right? AVAX with its subnet technology where each subnet can be its own blockchain, its own game, right? Um, that is the biggest use case. That's why we lean so much into the crypto gaming narrative and why it's done so well these last few months, because we're starting to get some of these games that were promised in the last cycle, like Alluvium that, and, and, and um, Dr. Disrespect on AVAX that has a shrapnel token. And some of the other ones are finally starting to kind of come to fruition and, and, and we've been getting kind of a crypto gaming bull run. 
Andrew, I think I should say something important because we're making a lot of jokes this morning. During this next bull run, something that we're all going to see, we're going to see a Logan Paul NFT. We're going to see a Tom Brady NFT. These are fake names. Do not buy the hype. Go back and look at how every single one of those projects performed in the long run. 99% of the value is gone. If you bought a token that's worth $10, that token is now worth less than 10 cents. You do the math if it's worth the risk. But Andrew, I just wanted to throw that out there because I know we're going to see this in the next round. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, all these you know, really established online personalities, they're going to be looking to take advantage of retail investing. I want to protect people from that. If you're trying to make money in this market, don't think that Logan Paul is going to do it for you. That's the only site. And don't come at me, Logan Paul, if you ever see this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about understanding because an NFT is actually only a label, for example, on a, on a beer bottle. It's, that's also an, 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 an more or less an NFT. It, it, it's unique. So what is the value behind an NFT? And if it is a, a group NFT, you know, yeah, you can maybe get access to, to something. But the most intriguing for me and the most uh, exciting for me is the smart contracts behind it. And, you know, and I always like to, to see the, the bigger picture. We started with dial-up internet. Then we had streaming data internet. We get streaming music. And now we get streaming money. And streaming money in in, in, in combination with the smart contract, you know, the sky is the limit of new ap applications. And also NFTs can be in there. Uh, music can be in there. Everything will be yeah, tokenized, will be digitalized in the future. And that's why, you know, it, it's only possible to do this with crypto. It cannot be centralized because it is too big for the whole world to, to cover. Exactly. So there's so much opportunity. And she really explained it very good. And if you still don't understand what is a smart contract, go to a vending machine somewhere in your local uh, your local community. Uh, community, Go to a vending machine, drop in a, a, a dollar, and then a, a bottle of Coke come out. That is a smart contract. You put something in, you get something out. And there is no there is no judge. There is no ruling. It, it, is, it is built in software, and it will always be the same. And that is the fun of smart contracts. The rules cannot be broken by 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 yeah, by high high people somewhere in an organization with much money. No, there is no no, yeah, there is no yeah. negotiation there. It, it's yes or no, and you get you get your coke or you don't get it. Like that. We're going from from trust to truth, Johnny Crypto. And what I love what Brian Brooks said in the beginning of our video today was the fact that he said. What are these cryptos actually doing? Taking power away from centralized entities and putting it back in the hands of the people. If Johnny makes $100, Johnny should control that $100. Why would ABS, a third party, get to say, hey, Johnny, you give me that $100 and I'll let you know if you can use it. But guys, there's a more important question we're getting in the live chat. Logan Paul versus ABS pay-per-view. Now, guys, I would, get, <laughs> I would get beat down relentlessly, but I would do it for the bag. So just let me know, Logan. If you want to beat me up He's on TV, I'm your guy. But <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead, Gonzo. He's a good fighter. Is it Logan or is it? It's his brother, right? No, the yeah. other guy's the big one, right? He, I've actually seen some of his fights. He's actually a pretty good fighter. Like for like you know, yeah. yeah, like for like being like you know, they they promoted him as like oh he's a content creator, he's a YouTuber, he's got skills, bro. He can fight, right? Like I, I I'm not saying he's a like you know he's like Olympic caliber or some of the professionals, but like that dude can throw down. Johnny Crypto, I used to be a lacrosse player back in the day, but the boxing gloves, that would be a new rundown for me. I've only taken a couple boxing lessons, but like I said, I would get beat up. I would do it just for the opportunity to be out there in front of the people. So 
I'm going to put it out here. Manifest it, baby. Logan Paul beat me up on the ring. I'm more than willing. But guys, we got 530 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're full There's of a jokes. lot easier ways to make money. <laughs> We're full of jokes this Monday morning. I hope you guys know I'm joking. This is a funny show as well. As serious as we are and as much as we talk about serious gotta topics, fun. we got to have some humor here, guys. But this is a more important article as well, Johnny Crypto, as Ripple is expanding their reach all around the world. And we covered this last week. Ripple partners have been updated as of October, over 500 partnerships and counting for Ripple worldwide. Many of our listeners who follow the show every day know these names, but Bank of America is still on this list. We also got Trianglo, Novanti, and one of the biggest banks in the UAE, Saab Bank on here. This is what we're talking about. The infrastructure being laid behind the scenes. And then we have this massive catalyst moment where all the retail investors say, how didn't we see this coming? That's what we're describing right here, Gonzo. So I'm going to throw you guys on the screen and break this article down. Standard Charter-backed Zodia Custody joins Ripple-owns Medico in a global crypto storage network. Let me make that very simple. Standard Charter and Ripple are creating a global storage network. Now, they're using subsidiaries like Medico and like Zodia Custody, but these companies are owned by Ripple and by Standard Charter. So what's happening here, guys? Zodia Custody, a cryptocurrency storage provider backed by Standard Charter, is joining Ripple-owned custody specialist Medico's network, which is designed to handle the safekeeping and settlement of digital assets for institutions all around the world. Johnny, what are we seeing right here? The bricks being laid, the tracks being laid. We are seeing, we're not seeing the massive amount of liquidity like JP Morgan just transferred a trillion dollars on Stellar. No, we're seeing them actually build the railways, which means our listeners are so early, they're going to get the majority of the profit as well. So it's pretty exciting. Before we break this thing down, what do you take from those first few statements Standard Charter and uh, Ripple are now creating a safekeeping and settlement digital asset firm. Yeah, listen, there's no fun in watching the railroad tracks get built, right? I mean, it's boring. Nod your head, hit the name, put the track down, right? And that's kind of what we are in stage right now. So nobody's excited. Everybody's impatient. Everybody wants the quick buck. But you just have to wait for the tracks to get built. And when the tracks are built and done, then and the trains start running on them that's when the money you know the utility money is is really yeah maybe if we tag team but we, we still don't have a chance but but i, I guess we could two for Listen, one we provide of, a lot of reality on this channel we provide reality on this channel if me and logan paul ever step in the ring bet on logan guys I yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. but but i think it's at the end of the day the thing is what should everybody should be excited about is the tracks are being built these companies are out there they're pushing the technology you're hearing top High-level people like Franklin Templeton talk about how they work. They're talking about use cases. They're talking about utility. I mean, Jesus Christ, if you aren't excited in this space, you don't, you know, and it's sad because there are a lot of people, Abs, a lot of my friends that just don't see it. They don't get it. Some of them are starting to come around. They're trying to wrap their head around what it means and how it works. But, you know, they're not into it as much as we are every day to, to really see what's coming and to know that you should have invested in this space already. Now it's almost kind of getting a little, you know, we're starting to get heat up, you know, markets up. You know, it's not not a great time to come in, but it's still better now than never um, for the long run, you know, if that's the case. But yeah, I just think that we are we're on the cusp of something big, but you got to let the tracks get built before the trains can run, my friend. Let's dive into the second part of this video and the most important part of this conversation. She called Bitcoin the biggest distraction from the real money that's going to be made in this space. And this is so funny. I got to shout out our live chat. You guys are awesome with the comments. This person said, get Coach Tom to train you. Shout out to Coach Tom. He's a Hulkster. Nobody wants to mess with Coach Tom. So that's if I right. did step in the ring, I'm getting Coach Tom on my team. I promise you that. But let's be serious here, guys. 
when we talk about Bitcoin being a distraction from tokenized assets, do you agree with that statement? Let's start with Gonzo or Andrew. Andrew, let's start with you, my friend. What do you think? Is Bitcoin a greatest distraction or is it just a separate portion of the market? I, I, I cannot judge if it, if it is a distraction or not. At least I know it is a competition. It is a competition for the existing money system, which we have. It's all centralized. It is uh, it is rigged. It is it is uh, full full of fraud. And and at least with Bitcoin, we can see what's happening. It's honest. And of course, it's manipulated, but it can only be manipulated with price. But at least you see what's happening. So is it? Uh, um, yeah, you know, I'm happy it's there at least that we get an alternative route to put our money in. You know, we already had gold and silver. We have other assets, which is uh, which is uh, real estate, which you cannot print. And, and, and currently, we also have Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. You know, guys, invest wisely. Diversify your money over different asset classes. But also, Bitcoin and crypto is certainly an, an, an asset class where you should have a portion of your investment just for the simple reason it cannot be printed by the government. Digital scarcity, my friend. That's what drew Mark Yusko to the product. And Gonzo, I want to get your take on that as well. But I want to remind our listeners of this. Last night, gold broke all-time high, guys, passing $2,100. That's not Ethereum you're looking at. That is the price of gold, my friend. So pretty exciting. But Gonzo, what stuck out to you, first of all, in the argument that she's saying Bitcoin's a distraction from the real revolution taking place tokenized assets on top of blockchains. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. If you look at the narrative that our, that the asset class is going through right now with the spot ETF, it has brought all the liquidity into the market, right? Like where would we be at right now if we didn't have this spot ETF narrative running? We broke 42,000 this morning, right? And, and there's only a little bit of resistance like at 42 to 50, I think. I think we're going to 48. Right, that that's where the next major resistance point is, is forty eight thousand. So, uh, and not very much more to get to that forty eight thousand dollar level. So, no, I I don't think so. I, I don't think it's a distraction. Um, you know, look at the Bitcoin dominance. I think it's at about fifty four percent. Right, so that means fifty percent of the total market is Bitcoin. Right, and that's going to keep rising. Right, Bitcoin dominance still has more room to go. It could go somewhere between fifty eight and sixty percent. So, um, so yeah, that's just my take on it. So Gonzo, do you think we're going to, I hear a lot of people saying we're going to get a pullback. We're coming back to 30 or 33. Are we going to 48 and then coming to 30 or are we never seeing 30 again? Retesting. You know, you know, everyone's expecting that we're going to do the 2019 cycle and maybe we do, maybe we don't, or maybe we do what we did in 2015, 2016, where we just kept going up. Look, the market is set up for max pain, right? And a lot of people think that max pain is, oh, a major correction. But sometimes max pain is when the market goes up without you, right? A lot of people have been sitting on the sideline waiting, right? They've been at it since like we were at, let's say 30, 31,000. They were waiting for this correction that never came. And now we're at 42,000, right? And they're still waiting. And so what happens is the max pain is once we hit break 42, you kind of hit that psychological level. They feel like, oh shit, I'm missing out. And then they FOMO in. This thing runs up and then we get a correction and they get trapped, right? And so it's max pain. The market's set up to kind of shake you out. So I would lead more into that we go up before we go down. Uh, it, it seems like with the narrative of the spot ETF, we've been early on, on, on some of the things that usually hit in the cycle.
Yeah. Okay. Oh, so Ab's getting getting back to her. Well, so now we have Conspiracy Friday, and now we have Comedy Monday, guys. See, we try to bring you different types of flavors of the show, but just you know, in her terms of her comments of Bitcoin being a distraction, I think you have to look at that comment from and and, and whoever says that, right? Always look at it from that person's perspective, because if 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 Gary Cardone was on the show and we asked him, is Bitcoin uh, a distraction he would tell you no he would tell you it's actually the thing he's investing in you know for her because her company is going to use blockchains and she described how they're using blockchain they're not using bitcoin they're using you know smart contracts and so therefore in her eyes i totally get and understand why bitcoin feels like a distraction because it's not a solution for her if something's not a solution it's a distraction it's that simple Right. And so in this case, that's how I kind of think is maybe that's why she feels it's a distraction. But if you talk to Gary, you talk to Yusko, they're going to tell you, no, 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 it's not a distraction. It's a transfer from the trust system to the truth system. So I think that's where she came up with this concept of why she thinks it's a tra- uh, a distraction. But that is always going to be in the eye of the beholder, depending on who you are and what, what you believe in and what your position is. So Wait one second, Johnny, we got to address this, guys. Don't come to our show and ask us if you should be buying or selling. We can't even tell you. We're not allowed to give financial advice. Now, we do have some licensed people who do that, but our show is about providing the most relevant and impactful news of today, not telling you guys where profitable trades are. Now, we do do a little bit of TA, like we're discussing what Bitcoin's doing, what XRP could do, but we're not giving price targets. That's not really what we do on this show. So I just want to clarify, Johnny, floor is yours. Yeah, no, you're 100% right, Abs. At the end of the day, listen, if you're a trader, this is probably a great time to get in. We are more of hodlers. If you're from a hodler perspective and you're looking for the long-term play, it's not, you know, so don't go by us. You're making a big mistake if you're watching this show thinking that we're, you're going to learn where to buy and sell. You want to do that? Go watch BC Backer, you know, Kevin Cage, uh, Bearable Bull. Those guys will give you more of what they're doing and that kind of pricing stuff. That's not what we do here. Here we talk about technologies. We talk about future plays. We talk about things that have maybe good upside, sectors we like, coins we like in the gaming sector and other spaces. But pricing, sorry, you got you got the wrong show. I also want to say no need to apologize. Right. Jose. We appreciate you being here, and I didn't mean to sound like you that deserved it. That did not deserve an apology. I just wanted to clarify in case people are thinking we're going to give price targets on the show. It's just not what we do. But we got brilliant minds here. I got Gonzo. I got Johnny. I got Andrew here. So the big minds are in the space, guys. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, dude, I, like, I, I have three separate positions, a huddle position, a spot position, and a margin position, right? Because I'm always trying to build one to feed into the other one. Right. And that's just something that I've learned to do uh, because I felt like when I and everyone's different. Right. That's why you need to know what your investment thesis is, because, you know, I had that huddle position when I first started and I just saw there was money to be made in the market. And so it's not a big part of my portfolio, but there's a certain part of my portfolio that I use for swing trading with the spot. Right. And then a very, very small part of my portfolio that I use for leverage trading. Right. And as that leverage position grows, I put it into the spot. And when the spot grows, I put it into the huddle, right? And so one feeds into the other, right? So I'm constantly trying to like make opportunities or find money to just build that. The ultimate goal is to continue to build that huddle bag, right? To make that the biggest position. Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 505 listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to every single person for joining us today. But let's give a special thanks to Johnny Crypto, Andrew Cashflow, and AKA Super Jin, who's in the building right now. We got 502 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This Wednesday, 
We will be having Waters Above on the show, so get ready for another exciting episode. We'll see you guys in 23 hours, and like we always say, Warriors rise!